Welcome to the Healthy Hunter Show. I am Dr. Brooks Tiller. And before we get started, I want to ask a quick favor. If you would, please share this with someone and help them to become a healthy hunter. All right, let's get to show on the road. Here we go. Rise before the sun. It's that time of year. Load up my gun. Put on my gear. Welcome back to the Healthy Hunter Show. I am Dr. Brooks Tiller. Today, I've got a special guest on. It's something that I've been wanting to dive into a little bit, something I've actually been working on, and I've been using uh, the, these products for a little bit and wanted to kind of dive in more about what he's doing. But today's guest has been training dogs now for well over 15 years. And he used a very low-pressure, positive approach to training, which I, I really appreciate. He believes in, in maximizing the dog's natural ability to work and in, in go, going in that route, which I have been trying myself, but I'm going to learn a lot more about it today. So his obsession and passion is really whitetail hunting, and it carries through all his aspects of life. When he's training his dog to be a shed dog, he realized there was a big lack of information. There was a lack of tools out there, and that's really where his business was born. He contributes to North American Whitetail Television. He's a co-host and hunter on NAWTV, Headhunters TV, Midwest Whitetails, Raised Hunting, Outdoor Wisconsin, as well as a co-host and hunter as We Love It Outdoors. And he, you can find his information in numerous other spots. He contributes content, articles, regularly printed outlets throughout the outdoor industry. So today... I have a very special guest. I'm excited to welcome Mr. Jeremy Moore, the inventor of Dogbone Products, to the show today. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on, bud. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been great. And I think we were talking earlier, uh, you know, you've, you've developed this Dogbone, and it's really cool. And, you know, we were talking about how like, um, mine got stolen. But uh, if you would, I want to start off just kind of tell us a little bit what's going on good in your world today and, and how are you? How's everything going in, in yeah. the dog bone world? Yeah, it's good, man. It's really good, actually. Um, and I, you know, it, it's such a strange, we're all going through such a strange time, but um, I have found, and, and I'm, I'm really grateful for it, um, we've, we've been, I think, blessed is an overused word, everybody. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. We really are, though. Uh, we really have been, you know, in our industry, the outdoor space, um, as, as weird as things are, I'm a believer in like, I think you got to like find positives because there's always positives out there. It's just sometimes we don't see them. And so when we, when we look at the current state of, of, of where we're at uh, in the world and, and, it, and that's macro and then in micro, some of the stuff that we've got going on individually, like I, I have realized that the last few months, you know, it's going on, I guess a half a year of it now, but I have, although I consider myself a real outdoorsy type person and it's my living, it's how I make a living, it's how I want to spend my time when I have free time, I've, I've found even more appreciation for the idea of being outside in nature in general. And so I, what's going good with me is the idea of I've been opened up to it even deeper and more um, how much I need to get back into the wild a little bit and that benefits us I, I benefits me personally on a lot of levels spiritually all, all sorts of ways but also from a business standpoint there's been a huge I think awareness of it not just myself but like 
you, you talk with anybody, what are you doing now that you can't do certain things that you used to do all the time? And a lot of people I think are recognizing there's a lot of things you can do um, in the outdoors. And so from a business standpoint, it's really strong. Like we've, we've got, you know, we've got our dog training products. Um, there was a, uh, a giant push and we tried to help with it a little bit of time on people people had some time on their hands uh recently and and what better way to to spend that time than developing building a strong relationship with your dog a lot of that stuff is outdoors related um, we've got another product we've got another company it's a company within a company but it's another brand called hodeg and hodeg is a deer deer hunting product and so that's been a big big spike as far as um growth from that from that brand for us because i think people are going I'm going to spend more time out in the, in the outdoors over the next, however long this thing goes on. But I also think it look, we look at it now as it's also a sustainable way to get meat. It's a way for us to provide for ourselves um, and our families and it's healthy. And it's so like, uh, you know, when you, it, I probably went way off track with it, but like what's going good. I think it's good because people are recognizing and realizing sim simpler things maybe are not so bad. And, and in fact, I think they're real positive. I totally agree. And I often mention that it seems like today we live in an artificial world and, mm -hmm. and, and we're, we're losing that natural state that we could be in, we should be in, yeah. but you know, we're in this artificial, everybody's always on your phone and you're, you're always looking down and you're not aware of uh, what's going on you're missing right. the forest and the trees if you will and, and i think right. what you're talking about is is great because i think the simpler times the simpler things is really uh, i think a lot of people are appreciating that totally. and totally. and you know yeah and right now it's just a great time to encourage that and and as we're on this track i'd like to know a little bit about how maybe um you because know, i'm i'm big into getting new folks into the woods and i think right sure. now is a great time to do that and and maybe you could speak about how you introduce new people to the to the outdoors but also how to get folks that are dog lovers yeah people that that are these you know passionate dog lovers getting them involved in the outdoors as well yeah i think well it's 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 relatively simple and as most things in life are but you know then you get into stuff a little bit deeper and all of a sudden there, boy, there's a lot to it well i look at it as from a dog standpoint let's i'll talk specifically from a trainer's standpoint like if i if i'm a if i'm a handler and i'm looking to develop a dog for the field i tell people all the time that one of the things a lot of folks get pups and they're real excited about it and they're gonna they're gonna go 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 and i i really i'm a big believer in dogs take some time to develop just like people and so i think that a lot of times one of the issues that comes up is we, we try to put too much stuff on dogs. I think we put too much on them too early and it creates issues and it's not the dog's fault. It's our fault. And it, it's a combination of what we're, what we're having as far as unrealistic expectations and then combining that with the idea of it becomes very frustrating. And so when things get frustrating and don't go well, we have tendencies as humans to avoid it. And so I, I, one of the, it's one of the most simple things that I've heard in the last, I got, it was in the last year, but in the last 10 years, it's probably one of the most simple things I've heard. We have a dog that we're training right now named Bella. Um, she's about 18 months and we did a series with her on YouTube called Bella Be Good. We've been training, I think hundred, we've got 120 videos now posted 
they're very raw. They're unedited. Um, they're, they're, some go good, some go bad. I don't hide anything. And I just think that that's, I think there's value in that. But the guy I, I, so I bought this dog. Um, her sire is over in England. Um, her sire belongs to a trainer over there. Um, he's a real accomplished guy. Um, captain of the English gun dog team. Like he's huge, he really, really nice resumes. Um, the dog is fantastic. So I've got these really good genetics and I'm working with it and I've been messaging back and forth with the guy over the past year or so. Um, and we're going to do a little business together, but I, I ended up messaging him on updates of Bella. And after about the third one, things were going really well. And I was sharing with them the things I liked about the dog and we're doing this, we're doing that. And he, he gave me the most simple response. And he said, Jeremy, you're going to find a lot of success with that dog because she's good. I mean, she's got, she's got great genetics, but the real key to your success will be you're having fun. And he said, that's, what's important. And I, and I, and, and that was it. And that was the message. And I, so then I read that and I went, boy, was that overly simple? Like what, why, what, you know, but then I thought about it that night and I realized he's at, he's absolutely right. Like when you think about whatever you're doing, let's, you know, we're talking about dogs when things go well, it's fun. When things are fun and they go well, I want to do more of it. And when I want to do it's it's all, it's all connected. So if you do more of certain things, you typically get better at it and, and it goes better, you know, practice makes perfect. That's a, if you hated whatever it is you were doing, it's hard to go practice it. Well, if you don't practice it, how do you get perfect at it? And I'm not saying I'll ever be perfect because I won't. That's, it's that's the way it is but the more i do it the better i'll get that's inevitable and so i really think that having fun with this stuff is the key and i i i get messages and i, I try to help as many people as i can that are training their own dogs because that's one of our goals is help others um because you know back to your question how do you have more fun with it or how do you enjoy it more and all right how do you get more people doing it make it more fun have it be something that's enjoyable and so the better the results, the more you'll do it. But the, 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 it works the opposite way too. If you have, if you're not getting results, if things aren't going as well as you want them to be, to go, all of a sudden it's not that good. It's a little frustrating. And then when it becomes frustrating and not that good and not that enjoyable, we don't do it anymore because we have choices. <laughs> we, we have the choice to do it or not do it. And if you're, if you're having a hell of a time doing something, I think I'll go do something different. You know, that's, I think a lot of, it's a natural thing for people to do. And that only compounds the issue. So, you know, I, I'm, I think it's a, a, a great way to get more people involved with their dogs specifically is very simple. It's get them to get their dogs to be enjoyable. And the biggest issue that comes up with dogs that I see struggle, it, it doesn't matter if it's a field dog that's going to go into the field or if it's a dog that's going to be a therapy dog or if it's a dog that's going to be a family dog or if it's a dog that's going to be whatever you want to do with it. It doesn't matter. Just a companion or pet. If, if you don't have good foundational skills with a dog, it's virtually impossible to do the stuff you want to do. And so, you know, it's, it's very similar to, you know, dogs – Dogs need, now dogs are different than people. I get that. And I know that, but there is a real fundamental idea of like right and wrong. And beauty of dogs is they want to make us happy. Like that's an inherent thing. They want to please us. And so if we don't help them understand what good decisions are, 
and what, what's culturally accepted in our family or wherever it is those dogs are, it's not their fault for making bad decisions. So we just have to help them. And when we do help them, they're a lot of fun. And when they're a lot of fun, again, we'll do more of it. So it's this, it's a snowball effect. It's all connected that way. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And, and so my personal story, we, we actually took in a dog and it was a friend of ours had a dog that's about four years old and they came over to the house. They had a new pup and they were trying to train the new pup. They were having trouble training the new pup. They have, they live in a very small apartment, downtown Nashville. They're yeah. having trouble training the new pup with the other one there and they were just having a hard time and the other pup this four-year-old dog was amazing and you know I, well, we were outside playing with the kids and and uh, my wife and his wife they got to talking and you know and little i know like they the dog wound up staying staying here that night yeah. the dog the dog stayed with stayed in the kids room and and like watched over the kids and just yeah. took to them really good and and it's one thing i know you talk about being a family dog as yeah. well as a work dog and all your dogs are family dogs as well. Totally. And, but, but whenever we, we started working and they, then we were like, well, they're like, Hey, you know, they love the dog dog loves y'all. Like y'all just take the dog. And if y'all decide you don't want them, just like, let us know, but the dog's yours. Right. So, you know, and I was excited because every dog I've ever had has been just straight up a mutt, uh, sure. you know, something that just showed up at the house and, you know, dad was like, all right, fine. You can keep it pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the only good dog I've ever had, you know, quote unquote, real dog like you know it was it was a, a lab and um i got it about two months before christmas and about a week before christmas he went missing um somebody saw him and took him i believe for really? christmas but uh, you know i just hope that a little kid had a had a good dog and, right. uh, but, but anyway so this dog is a is a um poodle german shepherd mix okay. and the, the thing looks like a like a beast whenever she's tall, you know, we, we cut it down cause the summer being hot and everything, but sure. she's super smart, super fast. And she just, like you said, she loves to make us happy. Yeah, totally. So, so whenever we're doing something, she's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And you could tell like, and that's so much fun. And the kids love it. Cause you can get out and play and yep. she just wants to take care of the kids. And I think that's something really big that we need to really key in on is that is you know, getting out and having fun is critical, whether if it's exercise, if it's fitness, if it's, I mean, nobody likes to eat just kale and broccoli. Right. You want to have right. something healthy where it comes in. And I think that, you know, training a dog's the same way. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's always, it's what, what, you know, everyone has goals of what they want to do with their dogs. And I, I always, you know, ours are hunting dogs. But like you said, they're family dogs first. And the reason I say that is because what do I do? I, you know, I always talk about matching up lifestyles, training styles, and hunting styles with dogs specifically. You know, I get a lot of people ask me, what's the best dog? Well, I, it, there is no answer. There's what's the best dog for me? What's the best dog for you? What's the best dog for this person? So it is, I think, a combination of several variables that have to line up. But when you start talking about about lifestyles, hunt styles, and training styles. I train year round. I live year round. I hunt for a short window of time. And so I think from a priority standpoint, the lifestyle and the training style fitting me best is the most important because that's what we'd spend the majority of our time doing. And, and I, I want to, you know, that, that, that family dog has to be there because without it, I've got a tool that 
you know, and I, and there's nothing wrong with it. I, I, some people have dogs that are, are tools. They're tools that at the end of the year, you know, what do you do with the hunting dog when you're not hunting? Well, if you don't have it as a family dog, I, I feel like they're underused. Um, I feel like they offer a whole lot more to me. You know, and I've, I've got dogs that, you know, from a genetic standpoint, from a pedigree standpoint, from all that perspective, are like really high end uh, hunting, hunting, you know, from a hunting background. And, and, and they've, they've proven themselves over generations and generations, centuries now. But the, the, va- the real value that they bring to me isn't that it is value that they bring birds to me that I otherwise would lose. It is value that they find sheds for me that I wouldn't maybe even go shed hunting if I didn't have the dog. That's the reality. There's value in them finding a wounded animal that I otherwise wouldn't find. But what they bring to our family far outweighs what it brings to me in the field. And I think that that's where I go back to, let's get the most out of them that we can. We'll never get it all. I wish we could. Uh, They have so much they have so much dogs have so much potential. Uh, we, it's a, it's our job. And I think it's our responsibility as, as owners and handlers to try to get as much of that out of them in a positive way. And, um, you know, you talked about it in the beginning a little bit, you know, style of training is with me is probably a little bit different than, um, most that you would talk about in the feet from the field standpoint. And it's not right or wrong. Like I, I, I have so many people that, bring that up and talk about it. And I'm, I don't mind talking about it. I think it's important because I think there's a lot of people that are interested in doing it in a way that, that is similar to what we're doing, but don't necessarily know how, because um, you know, the, the common ways that the ways that it's always done and we always did it that way. We always did it this way. I hear that all the time and I go, that doesn't make it right. Like that doesn't make it the best because you always did it that way. But you know, I just feel like that's, that's one of our missions is to try to help those. Um, that are interested in doing it that way. That's all. And, and share some of the ways that we found success. And, and some of the, some of the things that we do from a training standpoint, 100% is connected to the idea of, I just find so much value and importance in the idea of developing trust in, in developing a a partnership with a dog. Um, To me, it's a, a feel thing. It's a relationship thing. It's much more than, tool that I park in the shed at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. And, and like I said, you know, this, this dog is a family dog now and, you know, and it was really a blessing because my wife had a little Yorkie that for 18 years, and I tell everybody she had the dog before she had me. So I was, I was, I was number two on the list, you know, and right, I was like, then we right. had kids and I just kept moving. I was, that's a tough one to overcome. Let me you know, say, know you know, and, 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 and we actually, and, and the dog just passed away just a couple of weeks ago and it was rough. But the thing is, is having this other dog, it was so interesting to see, like she lost this other dog and you know, this Yorkie and this, this new dog, like for the next week was just beside her. Sure. And yeah. it's, and it's interesting how, how intuitive that a dog is and how much they just want to please us right. and, 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 and how quick that they can learn. Like I said, this dog is four years old, has never hunted sheds, has never really been out in the woods. And, and the, you know, previous owners, they said, Oh, she doesn't like water. I took her down to the farm. And the next thing I know, she's running, jumping in the pond and having a big time. Sure. Sure. So, and I think a lot of it is they, you know, they pick up on us and just kind of like other people might. And, 
but one thing I want to say is, is you're talking about how you like to help people. And I can double up on this because I, this dog was not, didn't hold well whenever we're, we're doing stuff. Sure. And you know, she, like you throw it and she's just gone. I'm like, what? you know, but you've got a video that you put out for free to help. I mean, you don't like, you're not even selling it and yeah. it's over an hour worth of just training a dog to hold. And yeah. that has been super beneficial and helpful to me. And, and I mean, like you said, that it's, it's, I really appreciate the fact that you're giving back and you're providing such good uh, entertainment at through the Bella series, which has been yeah. awesome, but also information. And sure. I think that's really critical for, you know, anybody to, that's starting to work with a dog, like not, I mean, I didn't know where to start. Cause I, like I said, I never had a dog that would, that would do stuff that I'd never really tried yeah. to do things with other than just, yeah. you know, like, like, can you, you know, walk with me in the woods and hang yeah. out, you know, as a little yeah. kid. So, and I think that's, I really appreciate the fact that you're providing that information and just being a, being a great source for everybody. Sure. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I think, you know, it's an, it's interesting, you know, we're, we're, we're not a, we're a really small company. And so everybody has, everyone has their own ideas on how you grow things. Um, everyone has their own ideas when it comes to developing products and, and running businesses. And, and there's lots of different ways of doing it. And again, I'm not saying one way is right or wrong. Um, one of the things my partner and I, my business partner actually lives down in Iowa. I went to high school with them. And so it's just the two of us, uh, but we have a great team under us. We've got guys in our warehouse. Um, I'm going to I'm going to make a post here later today because I just found out one of our guys that's, that works with us. Um, he's a senior this year and he just signed a letter of commitment. He's going to go play baseball at a, a place in a school in Minnesota. And so we've got, we've got these guys, uh, working with us that are tremendous, like young, young guys that are real good heads on their shoulders. Um, they're all, they're obviously they're most of them are sportsmen and, and outdoorsmen and, um, they fit in our culture. And so, but we're, we're, we're really small. And when it comes to how you, how you do your business, one of the things that my partner and I have talked a lot about is, and we've gone back and forth on it because, um, in the beginning, you know, I think 10, 11 years ago when we started, the company, we said, you know, we have to figure out how to monetize because we have to, we have to pay bills and we have, we have to, we have to, we have to stay afloat. And so we, we, you know, we've, we've brainstormed, how do you do that? What's the best way to do that? We sell products. Uh, we sell things that I use and have developed and that, that help me with my training. And I think they'll help other people. The thing about it that we saw missing was there's lots of products out there that, that people can use. Um, what's, what's lacking is how to use some of it. And so I'm, I'm a big believer in the idea of I, if you're willing to use our stuff, I owe it to you to make sure that you use it properly and have an idea of how to use it. And so that was when it first kind of started from there. The, the real reason why we, we make the effort that we do, um, between our, our, our YouTube channel, our podcast, our, um, Instagram and our Facebook are our primary social platforms that we use. The reason we put so much time and effort into it, we've got a guy that works with us full time. And, um, that's pretty much all he does is create, take, we, we film stuff. We, we try to create good information and then share it. And the reason we do it, and I've had some people really criticizing for it and go, you're crazy. You, you, you're nuts for giving, you're giving that away. I said, yeah, we are. 
But here's the reason why, because I'll get a message from a person. I got, I, I get messages every day, multiple messages. And I get people that said, I found this on YouTube. I can't tell you how important it was and how much of a difference it made because I don't know that we would have been able to hold, keep the dog. Like, I think we would have had to surrender. I had this one lady that was like, I, I almost got emotional reading it. She's talking about how she thought they would have had to surrender the dog, but they found this video series called, we, get, we did one called Live with Spry. And I trained a dog named Spry who we still own. She's actually my daughter's dog, but we documented her training. I did it with an iPhone. Like it's really crude. It's really rough. Um, but it's, it's real practical for most people to kind of relate to. And you get a message like that. I don't care. I don't care how much time it takes. I don't care how many videos Ben has to edit and post. I don't, you know, we, we look at that and we go, there's the reason because I, I can't help, I want to help people and I can't take dogs in because we don't, we don't have the time, we don't have the facilities, we don't have the space. Um, I don't have the desire to train 25 dogs in a kennel. I, I respect those who can do it. I wouldn't be able to do it justice. And I look at it, we, we, train, we train dogs for clients. Bella is a client's dog. Um, we've got about a three-year waiting list right now for dogs, for clients. And it's because I do so few and I do each one as if I would my own. And, and there's not, it's not a good business model. <laughs> Trust me, you don't make any money doing it that way. But that's not, our, that's not what I look at. I look at all that and I go, I love training dogs. I love working with dogs, which is why the products were developed. Because I figured out some things that made my life a little easier as a trainer. The driving force of our products is the training of the dogs. And I have seen it countless times with friends that are trainers that no longer train like they, they they got into it when they were probably pretty relatively young you know and they they love the outdoors they love the hunting part of it they love the dogs part and about seven to ten years later they're selling real estate or they're doing something different and it's not because they don't love hunting it's not because they don't love the dogs it's it's because they've taken on a level of dogs a number of dogs that creates burnout and they don't like it and they hate it and they don't, they don't do well at it anymore because when you don't like it, you're not going to do very good at it. And there, this, this working with dogs is so intimate. Like it's a relationship thing. And I just can't treat them like a widget. I can't treat them like they're a manufactured thing coming off of, a, off of an assembly line. So the reason I do so few is because I put my heart into them. I mean, I, every one of them I train like, like they're my own. I, I feel like they're my own until they go home. And so, and I won't sell them until they're ready and I'm ready and they're ready and all this stuff has to, has to happen. But that to me, so I do that on a limited basis. That doesn't impact very many dogs. Like I personally don't impact that many dogs, but what I, by touching them, but by sharing all the stuff that we go through, all the bad stuff that happens, all the terrible, you know, the, the problems that we have, because I have the same problems that you will have, but if I'm able to share how I handled this one or that one or this one and that one, and they're all a little bit different. Now all of a sudden I could, I could make a post on social media and just say, Hey, make a comment. If, if you think your dog has benefited, you and your dog have benefited from some of our stuff. And I'll get a lot of people that'll say, yes, 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 yes. Now all of a sudden I touched a lot of people. And the only reason I did, only way I was able to do it was because we took advantage of an iPhone's video camera. And we posted it on, posted it on YouTube, you know? So 
it's the way it's a way for uh, it's a it's it's a it's a technique or a way that we've decided that's how we're going to help the most people. We're not yeah. going to, it's just, it's a little bit different model. Yeah. I, I love it. And, and on that, on that train right there, when it comes to a specific type of dog and, and I've heard you speak about this, but I want to, because I got a, well, I would consider a super squirrel dog. And, you know, it was like a first, pretty much a first generation dog came out of Russia and a few months into it, I, I had to call a friend who had a, who trained squirrel dogs. And I was like, man, I can't handle this dog. And sure. I wish I would have got more into your stuff before that. Yeah. Um, you know I mean? The dog is now doing great and is squirrel hunting. And I, you know, check in with him all the time, but you know, because my kids were younger and the dog was growing faster and, and yeah. I just didn't do a very good job of training the dog. Sure. And it was, and I know it was me and, and you know, and I wasn't going to just dump him off somewhere. I was like, my, my buddy has a place. Yeah. He trains squirrel dogs. That's what he loves to do. That's what he's doing. And, you know, and I went there, but what kind of dog would you say, would you recommend or would, is there a certain type of dog to not or to look for if you're going to do maybe shed hunting or uh, a game tracking dog? Yeah, I think, you know, again, it, it's lining up that style, um, lifestyle, train style, hunt style with you. And every person's different. So, you know, me personally, if you ask me, what, what, do, you, what do you like the best? Or, you know, I, I, that question comes a lot. You know, what's the best? Well, the answer is what's the best for me or what's the best for you? For me personally, I, I love dogs um, that are easy to train it makes your life a lot easier. I like dogs. So that, so there's a need for intelligence. There's a need for high IQ. There's, there's another need. There are inherent traits that dogs have that if they have them, it's one less thing that I have to train. I look at it that way and I go, let's make, you know, it'd be like, it's a lot harder to buy. A, if you got a flushing breed, a dog that flushes naturally, you know, a, a Labrador is a, a typically a flushing dog and there are some that point but um you know all dogs point a little bit it's just who holds it the longest and so if you have a dog that is a a dog that's been built to flush and you want to train it to be a pointer it's going to be a lot harder i'm not saying you can't do it it's going to be way harder so you know it'd be like me taking a you know um you know, it, it, I'm into analogies with sports. So if, if you have a, a, a kid that's parents are five foot, five foot, let's say, and you've, you will, you take that kid and you go, let's build this kid into a basketball player. There's, you got some challenges because there is, there's, there's some guys that play in the league that are short, you know, five footers, very, very few. And the few that are, are, are uh, in an in intense talent in certain ways, which have allowed them to find a niche that they fit into the league. But if you take that five footer and you go, let's turn him into a wrestler or let's turn him into a hockey player. Like now, even, even hockey has changed. Like size of hockey players is huge because they have these skills that are necessary to play hockey even big guys are doing it now, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Like certain things are, are, are natural fits. And so I like, I like Labradors. Um, I, I'm a big, big fan of them. I always have been, but I, I like golden retrievers too. My parents have always had golden retrievers and I was raised with golden retrievers. 
Um, I look at golden retrievers and, and labs as, you know, they're the lab, the, the golden retriever is like a lab, but one has long hair and one has short hair. Like it, they're, they're very similar personalities. They're natural retrievers. So most of the stuff I'm doing requires retrieve. Like it, to put it all together, I got to get a dog to bring stuff back to me, whether I'm shed hunting, whether I'm bird hunting, uh, tracking is a game is natural game finding, whether you do upland or gun dog work or deer recovery, game recovery, you know, what the idea of natural game finding is a skill or, or inherent trait that you definitely want there. So if you've got dogs that, um, you know, hounds, hounds are natural trackers. Like it's been built, they've been built for it. Like the origins of their breed has been built to it. They've, their bodies are built for it. They have certain characteristics that help them become better at it. And, and through selective breeding, we've really done a pretty good job of narrowing dogs down to specific things that we're looking for. And so if you're looking to do game recovery, I think you want a dog that has natural game finding. Uh, that could, that could mean it's, you know, that could mean that it's a, a pointing dog or a flushing dog. Again, go the two different styles of dog. Like I'm going to get an English setter next year, which is a pointing dog. Uh, I've never had a pointing dog. I'm going to get one and I'm going to approach a lot of the training similar to how I would approach a Labrador foundation is foundation. Obedience is obedience. Whether I'm going to hunt with the dogs or not, heel work, sit, stay, recall, those types of things to me are the building blocks that we build off of. It's the foundation for everything. And so that part I think remains the same, but then all of a sudden when we start talking about getting into birds, there's a very different approach to a pointing dog than a retriever. Um, you know, we, and, and I'm not going to look at doing certain things with that setter that I do with my Labradors. So the, you know, I, again, what's the best breed? I think, I think labs are super easy to train. That's part of the reason why I have them. They're smart. They're very willing to work with you. They're real cooperative. Um, but you could say that about, you could say that about a lot of the retrievers. The spaniels are like that. Um, some dogs have a little bit more independence. I think some of those pointing dogs have a tendency to have a little more independence. Um, but I have, I've, the kennel I bought my setter from, you know, I've, I've listened to a lot of people tell me about, because I think it's important to ask. Like I've, I want, I want to get information from people that know what they're talking about. So I've talked to a lot of people about setters in the last three years. I went to, I, I looked into about a dozen kennels before I picked the one I wanted. And I went and visited the one that I ended up getting a, putting a deposit down with and the people are really what sold me on it the dogs are great and there's a lot of good dogs out there but these people were incredibly welcoming and they were open and I just felt super comfortable with them so but one of the things that set their dogs apart and there were other kennels that I saw this as well was when I walked into that they had a kennel run so they had maybe a dozen dogs in there and when I walked in they were all quiet um, they, none of them were spooky or scared. They were all very warm, but I'd look at their eyes and they'd look right back at me and they had warm eyes. And so Labradors have that. My Goldens have that. I, a lot of Spaniels have that. Uh, there's a lot of breeds that have that. Then there's some breeds that you can't get them to look at you. Like they're, they're, they're at, they're always looking out at the horizon. And so me personally, some guys and, and girls love that. They don't care. They don't, that, that's fine. Me personally, I, I value so much the connection and relationship that we develop that I need a dog that'll look at me. I want a dog that'll come by me and sit down by me and rather be standing by me than sitting on the other side of the room. Different, some dogs 
some styles of dogs, some types of dogs had that tendency to do that. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, it, it's about fitting your own personal needs. And I think that's amazing. And, and I do want to get into some of your products, but before while we're kind of talking about the dogs, I want to, a lot of times on here, we talk about health and fitness as it pertains to ourselves. Yeah. But I'd love to know a little bit from your expertise about dog health and things to make sure that we're optimizing our dog's health and fitness level and maybe even how that can help us sure. improve our own health and fitness. Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I see, and I'm not a vet, um, you know, veterinarians are are a super valuable tool. I, I think you gotta develop you got to have one and have a relationship with. And so I'm not a veterinarian and I don't pretend to be, um, but I've been just been around dogs enough to, to recognize like regular everyday stuff, real layman's terms type stuff. And I think one of the biggest issues I see, um, and I try to avoid with, with my, with my, with our personal dogs and the dogs that we're training. I think one of the biggest things is overweight. Um, it's just really hard on dogs. And so just staying in physical condition. And I don't mean like, um, you know, I don't mean you have to be a marathon runner. Uh, you know, you don't have to be, I'm not, a, I'm not in very good shape. Like I fitness is my wife is a, into fitness stuff. She's into healthy eating. She's into all this stuff. I'm really been, I benefit from it. I'm really glad that that's around because boy, it's a positive influence, but I am not like, I don't, I don't go to the gym. I don't, I don't work out. I, but I, I just had this conversation last night with a guy how we've started grouse hunting. Our, our grouse season opened up last weekend. And for the last three weeks, three, I would say three weekends prior, <clears throat> prior to last weekend, I was going up north with the dogs to our cabin. We've got a little cabin in northern Wisconsin. And I was scouting for birds. So I put 15, 16 miles on a day walking, you know, Saturday and Sunday looking for spots for birds and then now the fall is here so now we'll go up and i go up there as often as i can i'm a big deer hunter and I've, but i've 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 realized that over the years i've had more success hunting less when it comes to deer and that's a totally different topic but uh, you, you pick your times and you, you 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 i do way more work preparing for the hunt than i do actually hunting and we have better success that way but so what do i do when i'm when the conditions aren't right and i'm not going to deer hunt I, I bird hunt with these dogs. I've, I've gotten back into grouse hunting pretty heavily. So those three weekends of walking with the dogs, and now we'll start walking with them more seriously because we are, we are, it's an open season now. I feel so much better coming home from the cabin because I was really active. Um, I don't always eat the best up there where I here I like make a point of trying to eat better because I know I'm not as active. And so I got to do something to keep myself feeling not so sluggish in, 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 I just, I'm not, a, I'm not, you're not going to find me on a Peloton. You're not going to find me walking on a treadmill. It's just not my thing. So the activities that we do with the dogs benefits me greatly. Now the dogs themselves, I saw it last weekend. I've got one that's seven years old. I've got one that's four. I've got one that's three. And I had a year and a half old that was with me and I hunt them separate. I hunt them in pairs, but I hunted the two older girls on Sunday. And I told my wife, cause my, the oldest one is, is kind of my wife's dog. And I told her when I got home, I said, Taylor is, um, she's smart. She's older. She's smart. So she's very conservative of her energy. She's not just going to run to run. She runs when she needs to run. But I said, she's out of shape. And so, 
by within you talk to me in a month, it'll probably be a different, different tune because she will, she needs to get back into this condition in order to perform well. Like it's, it was, it was a, a burden for her to put the miles on that we put on. And it's, it's something that over the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll get them back into shape. Dogs are real resilient. Um, dogs will have so much heart. They will run themselves literally to death. Um, you know, we, we have, I lost a dog to, to um, a heat stroke and it was years ago in South Dakota and it was a really warm opening weekend and the dog literally hunted about 25 minutes and had a heat stroke and didn't recover from it. And so you see it every year, um, especially when there's a warm, you know, warm, warmer fall. And the thing that like, it's completely related to health. A, a dog that is in good condition, weight wise, think of all the, if you, you know, my dogs average 50 pounds. If you take five pounds off that dog of fat, where it's not carrying that extra five pounds, it's 10% of the dog's weight. And that alone takes so much more off of them from a, from a um, cardio standpoint but also from a joint standpoint, long-term, like dogs are they're notorious for having issues with joints. And so part of it is because we put too much weight on the dog and it's too hard on their body. And we ask, we, it's really easy. I, I can't stand, I, I cringe when I see folks exercising dogs on their four-wheeler. They get on their four-wheeler and then they run them up and down the road. Now I get like bird dog guys rode their dogs and I'm not into that. And I, I, I see too many negatives from it effects. So I, I don't do that, but I think it's, I, I told this to some people once I said, look, the next time, you know, your dog's out of shape, right? So you got to get them into condition. So you jump on the four-wheeler and you run up and down the road five miles. You can ride five miles on a four-wheeler really quickly. Like, and you know what it does to you? Nothing but cool air blowing in your face. And these poor dogs are the ones that are running. So I, I, I always caution people, if you want to exercise your dogs that way, before you do it, you should go running with them for the first couple of times. And you tell me how easy it is after not exercising and not being in shape, how easy is it for you to go run that five miles? Because we if we start feeling the effects of it, we as human beings go, the hell with this. This is ridiculous. I, I won't walk for, I won't be able to move for a week. So what do we do? Well, we're smart about it. We don't just, hopefully we don't just say, well, then I'm not going to exercise because it's, you know, instead we go, let's start out slowly. I might walk a mile. I might jog a mile next week. I might run a mile after that. I might add a distance to it slowly. I just think it's really easy for us to overlook the idea of, well, they're just dogs. You know, I think sometimes we think they perform flawlessly like robots. Have you ever woken up and had a headache? Have you ever, have you ever stayed up too late the night before on a Friday night and felt not real good on Saturday morning? You know, sometimes it, sometimes it, a lot of times it's self-induced, but you know, the dogs, maybe the dog's dehydrated. When you're dehydrated, you get a headache. If your dog's dehydrated, don't tell me that they don't have feelings of that but they don't show it the way we do. And we don't, we don't recognize it. And so we look at them and we go, well, they should be performing perfectly. Well, there might be something wrong and we don't necessarily know it. So from a health standpoint, I think we have to look at them as not like Superman and recognize and realize if your knees hurt, 
maybe theirs do too, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. And, and like you said, the, the 10%, you know, that five pounds, I've, I've had clients that were maybe, you know, over 200 pounds. And I was like, man, you, you know, and I'll put a 20, 25, 30 pound weight vest on them. Right. And you'd be like, Hey, let's just take a walk. And they're like, man, this is hard. I was like, yeah. I was like, your body's already got that much more that it's putting on. We need to take that off and kind of give them that, that demonstration of right. anything. It doesn't trigger always as, yeah. and like you said, and I think it's great because we're getting involved with the dogs cool. and we're not asking, I'm never going to ask anybody to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. I'm not going to sure. tell somebody, Oh, you want to get in shape? Go run 37 miles today. You know, I'm not right. going, you know, I'm like, right. just go for a walk. I don't care how right. five minutes, you know? And, right. and I think the same way with the dogs. I think that's awesome that, that, you know, whenever we have a dog, get out and just play with them. Like kids, yeah. get out and play with the kids, get out and play with the dog. That's a great way to not only improve our own health, but everybody else's. Yeah. And the, and the other thing too, that you gain from it, I think is like, I've got one right now. It's a prime example. I'm training this little golden retriever named Cedar for my parents. She's a real headache to me. She's just, she didn't have a very good foundation. She's just a mess. And one of the things I've taken her with us uh, scouting this last, you know, late summer here going into fall. And I have absolutely noticed she needs, she's, she, and, and this goes back to genetics with her. She comes from a very, um, heavily field trial, American field trial style pedigree, um, go, 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 go hard charging dog and different, very different than my dogs. And so she requires a lot more activity. And so again, this goes back to fitting the style of dog. I don't know that she's the best fit for my parents because my parents don't, don't, aren't that active. I mean, they're, they're, they're around, but they're not, they're not, they're not going all hard all the time. Well, this little dog, I, when I took her up for a couple weekends on, you know, during the day, the, the following day, she is an angel. Like my mom and dad see her and they go, Oh, you're a miracle worker. I said, no, I just took the dog for a lot of exercise yesterday. And she, she, it allowed for her to release some of that energy that's been built up. And now I bring her back home and I don't have the ability to do that every day. And so I, now I, I see these struggles come up again because she's just, She's got to go. And part of it is, part of it is the genetics. And then the other part of it, I think is the culture they're raised in. If we raise dogs, it's just like kids. If you raise kids, kids don't just, there's a genetic influence from their parents, but there's also this, this cultural impact of the surroundings that they're in. And if you're go, 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 go all the time, that's becomes normal. And so one of the things I push with my dogs from very early on is teaching dogs to, and I'm not, I'm not very good at it myself. I'm a, I'm a, I have a construction background. So I'm really like always worried about productivity. Like gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And the dogs are one of the reasons I love the dogs is because they're the opposite and they allow me to find balance in my life. Cause I'm a go, 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 go guy. And when I work with the dogs, I recognize it very quickly, slow down slow down because if you're go, 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 you are going to create a dog that go, 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 goes. And when I want, when I, when we're hunting, the majority of the time we're not going, going, you know, as a duck hunter, what do you spend the most time doing? Sitting, sitting and waiting. 
And so if your dog can't sit and wait patiently without getting a retrieve or getting to go do this or wants to go do this, I see it so often where dogs get antsy and then the, and then the, the owners, the parents, as I say, the owners change the situation for the dog. Well, let's move. Dog's getting antsy. Let's move. The dog's getting, the dog is training you when it's bored, act up, we'll do something different. They're brilliant. I mean, these dogs aren't dumb. So I push the idea of slow down when it comes to the dogs. And all of a sudden these dogs start to adjust to that and go, we're not going to go hundred miles an hour all the time. And that to me is real appealing. Yeah. I love it. And you know, and, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the products that you have out there before we close up because they're so beneficial, but quick story on, so I, I ordered uh, the shed that you have out and it came with that, the scent and everything. And I was super excited, went through all your materials. My son and I, we watched the video and then we got outside and we just started playing fetch with, with our dog, you know, just playing. And he was able to fetch, you know, and he would throw it, she'd bring it back. And we had to work on some hold training and all that, but she was loving just playing fetch. And we played for a couple of days just in the backyard and we were going to go, go take, we we're going to go down to my, my parents' farm and spend a couple of days. And we were going to start working on, you know, using it out in the woods, maybe kind of put the scent on, hide it and do all that stuff as we were following along. And on the way down, we, we stopped in this little small town, a small area. There's a little pretty little place. We were going to do a family photo. And uh, it was before the other dog passed away. And we knew that the other dog's time may be coming and sure. we were going to get a family photo of everybody. So we stopped and we went just barely around the corner from my truck and to take the photo. And while we were there, some drifter came through and my backpack was in the, I would, I would, I'd change the clothes, put my backpack, just set it in the back of the truck, not thinking. And, you know, I was like, man, a little small town, everything's fine. And some drifter came by and picked up my pack and took off. And, you know, and I, I mean, when, whenever, a little bit later, I realized, I was like, where'd my bag go? And right. I couldn't find it. I was going to change. And so I uh, had some family that were law enforcement in the area, and I called them. And, and then I was like, man, you know, it's probably some, some drifter, probably just needing some clothes, whatever. If they need my clothes, that's fine. Right. Whatever. And then about an hour later, I realized that the shed dummy was in the side pocket. And then I got mad. Right. I was like, right. I went out and searched around and actually wound up finding where the guy was. He was staying in a little motel there and I found out and then let the authorities know, well, I wound up, got my bag back, got some of my clothes back, but the shed was gone. I was so mad. But during that time, I I know I had messaged you about training, um, training her to shed hunt as well as uh, track at at the same time. And you were super great about sending me a message like, Hey, you know, you, man, you can do them both at the same time. I don't see anything wrong with that. And, you know, and so I ordered another shed and, and the tracking system. And we're actually going to start the tracking system uh, today. We're planning on kind of getting out and playing with it a little bit and trying to get her ready. So maybe she'll be ready uh, to track uh, this yeah, fall, perfect, but, perfect but you know, time. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And, and so, you know, but I want you to talk a little bit about, some of the things that you have out there and, and how they can benefit yeah. us as, you know, for shed hunting or even, you know, if we want a, a dog that will be able to track sure. a wounded animal. Cause one of the things I hate is an animal that we've shot, yeah. you know, it's going to die somewhere and I want to bring that meat home. Right. Right. And I, 
but how am I going to recover it? Yeah. And the, the dog, dog is knows where it's at. Totally. They're, the dog is the best, in my opinion, the dog is the best conservation tool available. Like they're there. And that goes back to, again, to origin. Like that's what, that's what they've, that's what they helped us with for, for centuries now. And so, you know, it just, it's just a matter of like today we use them a little bit differently and we've customized how we, you know, we've, we've personalized and customized the use of dogs to fit our, our world today. Today's world is different than it was in the 1800s. Um, I, I wouldn't mind maybe going back to the 1800s a little bit, but uh, I'm um, with you. <laughs> so, but the, the, you know, the uses the use of them, we, we still utilize them in a, in a similar fashion in the way that they help us with, they help us with our, our daily stuff. And so from a hunter's standpoint, yeah, game recovery was a really natural, we, we started out, our, our, our business started out from a, with shed dog training products to teach dogs to find antlers. And, and when we first started doing it, um, literally we would, we would talk about shed training and people would ask, well, what is shed hunting? Like they weren't even sure what it was. That wasn't that long ago. So it's a, it's a, it's a sport that has really gained a lot of momentum and I'm really grateful for that. Um, but I get more enjoyment out of shed hunting with the dog. Like it's no different than bird hunting. I wouldn't go bird hunting. I would not walk for grouse. I would not pheasant hunt. I would not duck hunt. And I do all those things and I love them. I wouldn't do them without a dog. To me that the dog is the part that gives me the reason to do it. Um, you know, for grouse hunting, I'm, I'm getting into recently, I'm getting into like side by sides. So like, I, I've always kind of known the guys that were, and I always thought they were snobby and I realized, boy, maybe some of them are, but I have come to appreciate the idea of some of these older vintage guns and, and the stories behind them and the craftsmanship that goes into them. So bird hunting just increased in value to me from an upland standpoint, not because of the birds, but because of now I'm going to get a setter. That's another element that I'm going to add to it. The guns add to it. So without the dogs, I don't do a lot of the stuff I'm doing. And when, cause it's not as much fun to me. And so from a deer standpoint, you know, I had these gun dogs back in the day and I went, how can I, deer hunting is my like first love and, and I'm living in Wisconsin here and it's just, it's, you know, it's, that is, that is the thing. And when I do stuff, I don't like to do it halfway. So I realized in the fall that the amount of time it took to prepare to bird hunt scouting was the most time consuming part. It didn't allow me to do the stuff I wanted to do in the deer woods. And so I took a step away from the deer stuff because I focused on the bird stuff. And the dog was hand in hand and, and it made all the sense in the world. Then I realized, man, I'm just, I, I miss the deer stuff and I want to do more deer stuff, but I lose the element of the dog. And so I had heard of people using dogs to shed hunt. I had shed hunted prior, um, not with a lot of success, but I had heard of guys using their dogs to help them find antlers. And so that's when I started to dig into it a little bit. Um, you know, we didn't invent it. Like there were people have been doing it for a long time, but very few people and not a lot of people talked about it. And so when I researched it, I realized there was really not a lot of stuff out there. So I just started experimenting. Well, I went back to some of my principles of how I trained gun dogs and I replicated a lot of the process, just a different shape, uh, a different feel, a different smell, but very, very similar skill sets and how we get there. So that's where the products came around. I, I used, you know, I used a hard antler. I used a real antler with a young dog before I had the training dummy. And she poked herself with it. She jabbed herself with it. She didn't want anything to do with it. She was literally afraid of it. And I had bought her to shed hunt with. And so it was really discouraging. Um, 
I went, I kicked myself and I went, God, I did it. I'm the one who created this issue. And I thought about, you know, bird hunting. When I train gun dogs, I don't introduce them to birds right off the bat and put them in a pen with a rooster and hope I get a bird dog out of it. I end, I'll end up with a lot of issues. I'll end up with dogs that, you know, so I, I build, I work my way to that point. And it's just like anything else in training, it's incremental. And so it's building off of certain, built, certain steps. And so, you know, we start out with a bird dog. I use a balled up sock in the hallway and then I go to a small puppy bumper and then I might tape wings to it. And then I might go to cold game or, fr or frozen, you know, a frozen bird to introduce feathers or feathers on the dummy. And then I might go to warm and then I'm fresh killed. And then, so I, I slowly work my way to that live bird. And usually we're able to get there successfully. Why don't I do that with, an ant with, with this antler? It's really simple, but there was nothing there to do it with. So that was, you know, went to found a, and had never done any of this stuff before. So it was a real experimenting thing on my part to find, to source things. And so we end up, we, we work with a, a plastics company out of Minnesota. Um, we developed this mold, this full, this shape. We've changed the materials a couple times over the years to benefit, to make it better, I think. Um, and so we created this training dummy and then the scent had to go with it because it, it doesn't smell it like an antler and how do I replicate that smell? So we, I, all sorts of experimenting went into that and created this, this scent that I can use. So we put, we package it together with a, with a, with a booklet, a training booklet, how to do it. Then we've done videos on it. So our shed line has grown into, I don't know, there's a, there's maybe 10 products that, that are in that, that line of, of training products um, that are stuff that I use to help me develop that shed dog. And I started training some dogs for people at that point. And they asked me, you know, they're big deer guys. I mean, the, dog, the dogs are, are pretty expensive. And these, these guys were really into deer, enough to spend the kind of money that I, was, I needed to get to train my shed dog. And most of them would ask me, you know, man, if you could train me a tracking dog, the same dog to do both, that's like the ultimate tool for me. And so I, I researched it. I had never trained tracking dogs but I had trained gun dogs forever to track. And so the light bulb went on and I went, yes, I did train tracking dogs. I just trained them to track different stuff. And quite honestly, I don't train them to track. They track. It's me understanding what it looks like, how to read their body language, how to understand the track itself better to help them set up for success. So I dug into it. I talked to the cop that is out of New York and he's a canine handler and he trained dogs to track criminals and find drugs and bombs and I learned a ton from him early on just on scent discrimination and the understanding of how they're doing it and they were using Malinois and Shepherds and different breeds but dog's a dog and and I I looked at that and I went I think training tracking dogs is the easiest thing you can do now I say that and it'll offend a lot of people because a lot of these hardcore trackers are just that super hardcore and I have all the respect in the world for them but what I'm saying is, is the tracking part is not something we train. It's in them. We bring it out. And so it takes just like anything else. It, if you want to be great at it, it takes a lot of work. So it's not, it's easy to get a dog to track because we don't do it. It's difficult. and takes a lot of work to really develop a reliable tracking team. And when I say a team, I mean the dog and the handler, not just the dog. It's not like you just hand on, hang on to the end of the rope and let them drag you. There's so much that goes into it from a, a, a teamwork standpoint. So, but I looked at that and I went, what do we need to do it? 
And so we put together a kit with the, we, we, we buy, we buy hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deer hides every year. We flesh them out. I say, we, uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. The guys that, that are working with us, um, the, the kid that the kid that's going to play baseball, his name's Easton. He fleshed hundreds of hides for us this spring. Um, but we flesh them, we dry them just like you would if you were putting up fur to send off to auction. Uh, it doesn't spoil that way, but it's not preserved or altered from a scent standpoint. We, we put them into a kit with a scent that I make. Um, I've got a freezer full of stuff that you don't want to look at. My wife doesn't look at. It's got a lot of stuff in there. Um, that's what I use raw material that we collect throughout the year. That's how we create this blood trail scent. Um, we sell it with the, the system and it's all the parts and pieces. And again, a booklet. And then we've got a video with that one. So between game recovery and shed, our dog bone line is, um, you know, we've got quite a few SKUs of product. Each has their own little piece. And from that, we've actually developed now into, because not everybody wants to hunt with their dogs. And I understand that. And we'd like to help them as well. Um, so we, we, have developed a series of videos, puppy training, foundation training. Um, I, I designed a, a, I took ideas of other designs of leashes and slip collars, and I've created one that works best for me. Um, we offer that. So we've got, we've just got a full kind of, we've developed this brand of products that I hope one of our goals is don't, don't ever, I, I, I was given this advice by a really well-known dog trainer that has a big line of dog products and his answer to and one of his advices to me early on was just continue to develop SKUs. You got to continue to develop SKUs. And I thought, I, I think you should listen to everybody. Um, I think that's how you learn stuff, talk with everybody, learn, but not necessarily do everything you hear. And so that was one example of where I heard that and I said, I get it from a business standpoint, but I also go, if I'm not using it and I don't think it's worthwhile, I'm not going to risk losing credibility to our customer. So everything that we offer, I can tell you right now, if I developed it, it's for a reason. There's a specific, there's a reason why we, why we do it. So, um, but that kind of, that kind of is our, our dog bone brand. And so it's gone from shed stuff to shed game recovery to now we're looking at general, general pet. Um, we've got lines into that and you know, we, my, my background is the birds too. So I've, I've always had those and always trained those. So we're just kind of grew, slowly growing the, the line. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm excited to get uh, this dog. I mean, she's poodle and German shepherd, which super smart. And the shepherd, I know that, yeah. you know, she's a tracker. Totally. And, uh, totally. and so I'm excited to get her in, into that. I mean, she's done great with the, with the shed so far. And, you know, and I want to kind of see how she will do when it comes to tracking. We had a, sure. uh, my, my sister brought home a lab, um, wiener dog mix, sure. a Dotson mix. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, like she brought this dog home and, you know, and, and it wound up being my dad's dog. And it was, it was funny. One day he shot a, he shot a deer and he couldn't, he couldn't find it. And Lily went with him. Like when he went back out, she kind of followed him. And she got right on the track and just, she tracked it naturally. I mean, there was no training to it, but you know, it was, it was one of those things where, and so every time we'd shoot a deer or somebody we didn't know where she was, was like, Oh, let's go get Lily. You know, and she would track it for us and without yeah. any training. So, you know, some dogs will do it naturally, but I, I mean, with your products are great because we're going to be able to recover the deer, find those sheds. Cause I mean, I've never, I've shed hunted, but I haven't had a lot of success. So I'm hoping that, yeah. that, 
this next spring that I'll have a lot more success yeah. having a dog along. Yeah. Having the dog will help. I, I always say that it, a trained dog to find antlers helps. But I also really believe in this, that if you've got a dog that you're working on shed training with, one of the reasons you're going to find more sheds is because you're going to go more often. And if you go more often, you'll find more sheds. It's just inevitable. It's, it's this idea of do something more often. You'll get better at it. Do something more often. Your likely, your likelihood of success is greater. I totally, I tell people that all the time. Cause I think some people think you just sit in the truck and drink coffee and let the dog fill the back. It doesn't work that way. Uh, I walk way more miles with a dog than I would if I didn't. And so all that combined increases your odds of success. Yeah. I mean, in here, you know, I, I, I would love a, a squirrel dog. And, and like I said, that's kind of on the list of like, maybe she can make me, she'll tree a yeah. squirrel. And, and, you know, it's one of those just got to get in the woods again to see like, will she tree a squirrel or not? So. Right. Right. So, but yeah, man, Hey man, I really appreciate everything, Jeremy. I mean, you, you put out so much information. Everybody's going to be able to learn a lot, even if they don't buy your products you put out. I mean, the, the Bella series that you put out has been really informative of you taking a dog through what it's going to be to actual take a dog from brand new dog to a dog that's going to be able to do what we need it to do in the woods. But uh, one last question uh, I want to ask, but before we do that, would you share everybody your website, socials, and where we can find more information? Yeah, it's real simple. It's at dogbonehunter is all of our social platforms and dogbonehunter.com. That's the website. So if you, if you remember dogbonehunter, you'll find it with a Google search. Nice. And I will say that Jeremy has been super helpful even before we ever really connected. I've met him at a few trade shows and don't know that he ever remembered me, but I would send him a message every now and then like, Hey, can, is it okay to do this or do that? And, and he would always get back. Yeah, man. You know, and he would give me good information, uh, even just through the socials. And it was super, super helpful. And I really appreciate that. No problem, man. I, I'm, I, I, I get energy off of other people's energy. And so when people are interested in stuff and are willing to put work in, I, that's, that's fuel for me. That's what keeps me going too. Now, granted, I never asked you any information about how to train my wife's Yorkie that was three pounds. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say train my wife. I was going to say, I don't get into that, man. Like I've, I've had a lot of people ask me about kids, you know, can you send your kids? I said, <laughs> no, you can't pay me up. I got you. Well, the last question I want to ask you is, is a dream hunt. So you get to go anywhere, you get to take anybody you want with you, and, and you get to hunt anything with any any kind of weapon you want. Where are you going? What are you after? And and who are you taking with you? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, so me personally, like, I'll, and I don't want to overcomplicate it, but I I I want to shoot a sheep. I I, would, I just I think there's some. I know guys that have done it. I have good friends that that do it. Uh, it's to me, it's an ultimate challenge type thing. It would take a lot of preparation on my part. So uh, there would be, there would be a lot of value in it, not just the hunt, but the leading up to it. And so I, I would love to shoot a sheep and I don't know that I have a specific sheep that I would want, but a sheep and who do I do it with is my dad for sure. Um, my dad's my best friend. Um, you know, my son, if he could come with too, but like my dad is, my dad is like, my dad is the guy that's just put been such a good, such a solid influence for me in my life. Um, he's a little older now and he's, if I have one, if I have one piece of advice to, to anybody listening and I wish I had heard it and taken it myself, I might've heard it and just not done it. Um, 
but it's take advantage of the time you got when you got it with them because um, my dad and I used to hunt a lot when I was growing up and then I got older and things became more important than spending that time hunting with my dad and I I probably went to better places and had chances to shoot bigger deer and all that stuff but but it wasn't with him and at the time I you know at the time I just that's what was important and if I could go back right now because now he doesn't now he doesn't now he's not hunting with us anymore you know he's just and it's not that he's sick or anything but he's just his eyes aren't that good and he's not comfortable in the woods with a gun and 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 he's real active and stuff so it's not like it's that but if I could go back I would have done more hunts with him so if I could pick one person to do it with I'm taking him with and and, and quite honestly it could be take the sheep part away and just say you go to South Dakota and pheasant hunt I that I something as simple as that bring my dad like that would be that would be my answer and then beyond and then the next person would be my son because like I want to learn from what I did and and uh, my son is just like me and he'll probably go through the same things and I don't want him when he's 40 I turned 40 this year and I don't want him when he's 40 to say oh, I wish I would have done more hunts with my dad so that would be that would be the guy that'd be the hunt uh I'm with you I'm with you on that too and I really appreciate that because that's I know that means a lot to you and, and, you know, a sheep hunt, like you said, it would take a lot of preparation, but more than anything, just spend that time with dad is totally. something. Give, that, me a, give me a beagle and I go hunt rabbits with them. I exactly. do that over going on a sheep hunt by myself right now. Yeah, so, I, I totally agree. But I won't I totally pass agree. up a sheep hunt if I had a chance to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and, and Jeremy, I really appreciate you coming on today and you've been a wealth of knowledge uh, I'm excited now to get out here and, and work with the, with the dog yeah. even more than I was. And uh, anything else you want to say before we close out? No, I mean, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for doing this, and I want to thank you for letting me be a part of it. I really appreciate it. Um, if I can ever help, you, you, you know how to get a hold of me. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody, stay humble, be hungry, and get healthy. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Please share this with someone that you think would enjoy it just as much as you did. If you have any questions, please reach out. We've got a lot of stuff coming out. We've got a lot of content, videos, things I really think that you will enjoy. Hope y'all had a good show, and I hope you got a lot out of it. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you.